Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Vance. Good evening. Good evening. I have Todd. Good evening. Good evening. I have Johnny from Lebowski Lures. Good evening. Good evening. There we go. Oh, there we go. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products, fattyzmuskie.com. That's our website. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, sometimes on Twitter, but no. Um, let's see here. Bates, same old story. Don't expect too many um, to be offered for sale through our website. However, you can find them at Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle Online. Check them out there. You know, fall trolling is right upon us. If you're looking for new rod holders or a boat setup, uh you know, take a look at our stuff. I'd love to uh, explain the differences and why there's the advantages on the AZ holders. And I would answer any questions that you guys have and point you in a direction that I feel would be your best bet, even if that's not through our stuff. And let's see what else. That's it. I'm not going to go too long. Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. We're up here on Chautauqua Lake. Uh, between Todd and myself, we have probably about four days we can do uh, in October. Uh, um, and we're going to go into probably the second week in November, barring weather. Uh, so just give us a call. Um, Andy mentioned some fall trolling. Todd and I are gearing up for some fall casting. Uh, and we can't wait to use those rafters uh, uh, up in the weeds here on Chautauqua Lake. Getting them every day. The season's been excellent. Uh, get a hold of us. Get one, Pick up one of our last days, and we'll get you out there and get you on some fish. And also, our 2020 books are open. Uh, you know, things are crazy. Uh, if you know when you're coming next year, get a hold of us. Because the days are already starting to go. We're already having, like, overlapping yeah, okay. really, really. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I, okay, yeah. I got to move yeah. this. Yeah, right. we got to move stuff around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and a big shout out to Ranger Boats. We're going to be fishing out of Ranger Boats on the Muddy Creek Charters and Vic Sports Center over in Kent, Ohio. Vic sells uh, Starcraft, Star Weld, all the Ranger ser- series, the uh, the glass, the aluminum. <clears throat> Great guys. We love going over there to visit them. They're, they're very busy. They're unloading boats every day. And, uh, you know, really, I think, man, two, two of the last three years, they've been like the biggest ranger dealer in the country. So they're doing something right. Get a hold of them. If you're looking to look, get into a, a new boat, used boat, they have a lot of used stuff on hand. And, uh, you know, get a hold of those guys. We're going to be using St. Croix rods on the, tri- on the trips also. Vance and I cast, troll, both, all, pretty much everything I think we got right now is St. Croix. So St. Croix Rod's best on earth. Get a hold of them and uh, let's keep her going. Very Absolutely. Nice. Big shout out. Big shout out to uh, Baker Bates sponsoring the show and sponsoring Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Shout out to them. Uh, them, Zach. Uh, they get chewed. Boy, did they ever. Last couple days, just epic fish on them um check them out the only way you're really going to get them is uh this the show season's coming around and i'm transition transitioning this into another plug um which let's, is let's hear it the 
Pennsylvania Muskie Max. Plus. You can grab Baker's there. Plus, excuse me, Max Plus. <laughs> uh, Princescape Arena over there in South Point. Small show. Packs a punch. Great bait makers there. Um, it's just something you, you got to check out. Uh, the Leah Party's put on an excellent show. Very family-oriented. It's a badass venue. The most comfortable on your feet you'll ever, you'll ever be working a show. That's because yeah. Vance offers free foot rubs. That's disgusting. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I do not. Uh, it's because you're sit, you're on field turf. Um, but check that show out. March, I think it's 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 seventh and eighth. Uh, Princescape Arena. Get out there. Show up early, especially if you want those hard, soft after baits. People are lining up at like midnight. Absolutely crazy. Um, love it. Love that following. Check that show out. Musky Zinc. Musky Zinc. Am I? What do you think about that? Huh? I love it. Yeah, we're not going to rhyme too much, but mm-hmm. Musky Zinc. Check out your local chapter. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on with your with your local chapters. I think they have one in every state that's got a musky population, pretty much. If not, there's one nearby. But uh, very important to get involved. Musky Zinc has done so much for the fishery. You know, they got the catch and release stuff started back in the you know late '70s, early '80s. You know, before people even thought about releasing these fish. And wow, the difference is made in the fishery. You know. The good old days of muskie fishing are now, and Muskie Zinc, I believe, has a big part in educating people and getting people uh, thinking about, hey, put these things back. And now it's like taboo to keep one. It's amazing how what it's happened in the last 25 years, 30 years, you know. So uh, all kinds of neat stuff. They got, tor- you know, most of the clubs run tournaments. Uh, you can get into as as much as you want to get involved is how is what your chapter will be you know they're always looking for guys to volunteer some time and uh get involved all kinds of stuff you get a magazine every couple months uh they got some good articles in there show you what each club's doing and you can pick up good ideas from what the other clubs are doing by reading the back of the magazine where the uh clubs have their little you know paragraph or two about what's happening in their club you can learn a lot and you know I know the clubs trade off information that way. So get a hold of your local chapter and get involved. If you're into muskie fishing, it's a shame if you're not involved. Agreed. Also, uh, before we wrap this up, I want to just give a shout out to Matt Gillespie. He painted us up three rafters uh, in this like awesome bass with a red tail on it. I have all three. I have all three of them right now. It's kind of, it has like a golden green hue. Just really, really pretty. I have one for Andy, considering giving it to him. Um, but I think I'll just, I think Todd and I will keep them. Yeah. I mean, that, I'm going to tell you what, I think that's great because I got all this vinyl over here that needs cut. I don't really feel like doing that. <laughs> that's not in the, that was that's in the contract, Andy. It has to be happen. That has to happen. I, I don't <laughs> remember signing anything. You probably, you probably actually sent this, uh, sent the blanks to him i probably did and i don't know why you got him and <laughs> not me but <laughs> i had i handed him off when he went okay his, okay yeah, I, I got to hand him off when he went on his charter with the muddy creek team yeah kids fun fun days fun day. 
Johnny, you with us? They're beautiful, though. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm just getting educated here. Listen to all the good yeah. shows and all the good products. Okay, Sorry very nice. That, man. Uh, now let's... That's, our, that's <laughs> our plugs. That's what people fast forward through until you start talking. So. Yeah. Now, now everyone can start tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I fished your rod holders for the first time two weeks ago on my buddy's boat. And uh, let me tell you, I was really impressed with those. Uh, just how if you're going over rock or shallow weed you just tip that rod and lift them right over top because i like the fish in a lot of those depths i was like wow these are really impressive so good on you boys for working that one out that's a nice product you got there hey that was purely organic (laughs) yeah this is your your turn to plug you don't have to oh okay tell us about your stuff Uh, well, I'm. My name is Johnny Libera, and I'm the owner operator of Lebowski Lures. Uh, established, I say 2003, but that's when I started building lures. But uh, I don't think I really started making them public till probably 2013. I probably got presently about 10 to 12 lures in my lineup, and yeah, I build musky baits. Let's talk some musky shop and see where we go from there. Yeah, love it. All right, let's. Uh... I was going to say, let's start at the beginning. We always, When we highlight a new bait maker or anyone on the show, I, I always enjoy hearing the history of how, how you got to where you are today. So anywhere on the storyline where you want to start with, you know, how you started fishing, why you got into muskie, and just give us the, the timeline. Yeah, no problem. Um, honestly, I've been fishing since I was probably three years old. Um, my father's parents were immigrated from poland and russia and i think when you when you come from a family that doesn't have a lot of money fishing depending what kind of fishing you do now not necessarily musky fishing but back then fishing was a really affordable sport for like a poor family and that's what his father introduced to my father and fishing stuck with my dad his whole life just before you guys got on the phone, my dad's 67 years old. He's squeezing a call. I'm like, I'm waiting for the boys for the podcast. Just have to tell you, I caught two big ones. Caught two big ones. Call me back after. <laughs> so we're right. guys a freaking animal. He's an animal. He fishes like crazy. But so my dad obviously got me into fishing. And then my brother used to freaking bike me down to the river on the handlebars and stuff. And we'd practice on the salmon and everything like that because they were local. And then the first, when fast forward to muskies, we never had a boat or anything. Like a canoe was the best we could do. But fast forwarding to muskies, I remember my brother actually getting on a trip with his buddy. Like this had to be like early 90s or so on Pigeon Lake. And I just remember, I vaguely remember this, but I remember it pretty well too because the name, now I know the name. The Wiley boys, they were running these lures and they were talking about dog balling. Or I don't know if it was a color <laughs> or dog balling. And I understand now Todd might have been part of that team, but yeah. so that was like a little pivotal moment right there where like I, I always remember that. That and I remember being on vacation when I was really little on the Trent River. And even though I'd never I wouldn't musty fish for years after. I remember them talking about follows and stuff and I and even though I was so young, I vividly remember this what would I do if I caught a muskie? Like making a plan, like what am I going to do? Like what happens if I tag into one of these fish? It was like the mythical fish. And then (laughs) probably get forward into the game again, back when I was around like 19 years old, like I fished for everything, but I had like what I call a few of the lost years. Like I fished for everything in fresh water. And I was like, I didn't get out of fishing, but like, you know, 17, 18, 19, I was kind of like, ah, like what am I? Like, I just, I didn't have that same love for it necessarily. And, I had a hockey career for a while. I was drafted in the OHL and stuff. And 
when that didn't work out, I felt like I kind of lost my identity. And then I went to a freaking corner store and seen a musky hunter magazine. I like opened one page and seen Larry Ramsdell or something with his gigantic musky. And I was like, that's it. Like I'm fishing for musky. <laughs> and, and that's how it started. Like 99, 2000, I think I was like 19 or 20. Started fishing for muskies. Now I'm turning 42 in a week. And I, I fish and love muskies more than ever. And that's how it kind of all unfolded really for me. That's really cool. And you live like in the, I mean, you live in the country, the Mecca of muskies, you know, it's, it's fun down here in the United States, but there's nothing like Canada. You have no, such, a, such a variety of places you can go. It's just, it's a wonderland for muskie fishermen. No, it really is. Like you, yep. you can cut your teeth and get all the numbers you want in the courses. And then from there, if you yep. want to grow and mature and go on beyond that, you know, you got all sorts of inlets and outlets all along Georgian Bay and I fish all those. I fish I fish a lot of the big river systems and stuff like that. So I'm covering it all now. Like yeah, trophy fishing all the way for sure for me. Awesome. So what So you, you played in the you play you got drafted in the OHL you said, yes? Excuse me, yeah, I got drafted in the OHL, the Oshawa Generals and I played tier two my first year. I got called up for a bunch of games. And then my second year, I was with Oshawa again. And I got traded to a team called the Barry Colts that just was new into the league that year. And I was a goalie. And being a goalie, like, it's a hard go, man. Like, just picture muskie oh, fishing. Sure. I'll explain to people. I was like, picture how much you love muskie fishing. And maybe this is the way it is sometimes. You guys are guiding. I don't know. But... So you love muskie fishing more than anything, but you just have to sit there and watch, and you rarely get to do it. That's how it was playing in the OHL. I was the backup goalie, and I just would sit there, and i just watch. And then, like, one day, like, after Christmas, sometime, I was there for, like, four or five months, you know, and I played a handful of games. I was just like, you know what, man? I'm done. Like, I'm just done. That's it. I came home and played Tier 2 until I was 20 and had scholarship offers and stuff. But to be honest with you, man, like, must, like, Honestly, all I want to do, once I found muskies, I know you guys are probably much like me. All I want to do is hunt muskies, man. Like, the addiction was very deep. Like, that was the goal. Get a boat, get fishing, get hunting muskies. And that's pretty much what I've been doing, man, ever since. Obviously, I work, I have a family, but you guys know how it goes, man. The muskies always on the brain. I remember that. I remember blowing a couple <laughs> plays uh, playing football in high school and college thinking about Wonder, wonder if I could go catch one right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> the guy runs yeah, by me. Yeah, shit. All been there. I've been through many girl. I well, I was through many girlfriends. Oh, the uh, pimp. Yeah, all kinds of stuff <laughs> because of muskies, you know. I, hey, you want to come meet the family? Yeah, you know, you want to come meet the family this weekend? Uh, sorry, that's not going to be happening. Uh, it's it's springtime. It's musky season. I'll talk to you this fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it, it. It sounds crazy, but like, I don't know, man, muskies, like muskies get, they, they get in your blood. They're like no other, it's like no other freshwater fish. I don't know. I'm sure there's other things in saltwater that equal, equal to that, like where people just get that burning passion. Like I said, I fish for everything. I still do. I've rekindled my love for other species, but like muskies, like I try and tell people that, like, oh, it's your hobby, this and that. Like, honestly, you don't understand. Like, it's not it's my not hobby. Really it's not really a hobby. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, this, yeah. I probably think about this this shit, like, like 12 to 20 times a day. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Roaming over, like, maps in my head or thoughts of the last strike or what I could or couldn't done or the next lure I can 
like design. Like it's just, I don't know, yep. man. I, it's, it's one of the best things that ever happened in my life though, because I don't know with you guys too. For me though, personally, muskies kept me out of a lot of trouble. Like when the hockey was over and stuff, you know, you, I didn't go down any like dark path, but see a lot of people when they're like, aspirations or dreams kind of fade away, especially like sports figures and stuff. Like I never got yeah. to the NHL or anything, but I felt like I had lost years. Like when people see me, I had no identity. Like people were like, Oh, that was Johnny, like Mr. Hockey. And now it's nothing, you know? And it was like, I trained in mixed martial arts for a while and I was doing that, but there was, I liked it, but there was nowhere to go back then with it. And it was just like the backyard deals. Like I just decided like, you know what? And I just, concentrated on uh musky fishing and that's pretty much what i did like it wasn't a job or anything at that point but it was just musky fishing i just you guys know how it goes man it's just yeah way of life. you come up with a plan in your head how can i get to fish all the time and it was in the back of my mind for all those years i was like well i guess i'm gonna have to guide because then at least i'm on out in the water doing what i love and uh that's where i'm at now where no, and where, that's awesome. Whereabouts? Where? What's your hometown up in Canada? My hometown is Burlington, Ontario. Okay. And if you want me to put it into perspective, I'm like an hour away from the Buffalo border, so I can fish the Niagara yep. River in like 45 minutes, and like three hours from Lake Saint Clair, two hours from the Corthas, three hours from Georgian Bay. So yes, nothing to reach. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, good. nothing's too far out of reach. So I, I'm right here in the heart of it. And this this summer was actually really good. We got on a really good family vacation on Georgian Bay, and we got into a big bite. I didn't uh, release the picture or anything yet, but uh, we hit pay dirt big time. We got a nice big fat 54 inch giant on a, a, a big a lure that I call the big heavy XXL in the gold member pattern. So. And, but more importantly that, I took my daughter out on her uh, 10th birthday. My wife gave me the AOK and the rest of the family took her out. She really, really, really loves musky fishing. She's like actually right into it. She uh, stuck a fat 47. So then the pressure is on to get my other daughter into a musky. And we're talking Georgian Bay. You guys know the numbers are not exactly oh, yeah. high. It's not a numbers game. And I took my other daughter out a couple of days later and we were... I couldn't give her 50. It was just a hair under 50, but we banged a 50 on a hog collar with a Shadzilla combination. So I, the, and I went and actually fished with a customer too. I always try to make a little room for that. I went to his boat and we did the night thing and we got a 49 doing the night thing. Like, so I think four or five muskies on, uh, on our vacation and uh, 54 inch definitely like peaking around 40 pounds. So that was one heck of a trip right there anyway. So that was Heck good. Yeah. And everything was on, on our lures with the combination with the Shadzilla and whatnot, but that was a good time. I got you guys, any of you guys fish Georgia? Any, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, did any of you guys ever fish Georgia Bay? Yeah, I've been yeah. up there a few times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, know, right on. I fished there for like five years straight. Ooh, um, nice. But, That's what I like to hear. But it was uh, um, more up north towards the North Channel and McGregor and Bayfin, Fraser Bay, that area. Way up there. Ooh, I, used to, I used to go there every year. I freaking banged into a sturgeon there. And my buddy <laughs> stood, stood up in the boat. We, it stripped off like 70 feet of wire line. And my buddy's just stood up in the boat. He's just like trips over. And then we seen like this shark fin because the, the sturgeon looks like the shark fin. It broke out the yeah. water out the back there. And we're like all disappointed. But we thought we had the world record for a second there. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I used to do that yeah. trip every year. But yeah. so that was a good trip. I always Sorry, go I, down I around the, like like the Penetang Harbor and down that way. That's where the times that I went, that's where I went out of. 
Yeah, for sure. That's a good area. For for Georgia Bay, there's actually decent numbers there. Like, it's not a numbers fishery. Some of the good guys, you'd think otherwise. There's a couple guys down there that are just, you know, there's always that guy everywhere. That's probably you guys on Chautauqua. But there's always that guy that's dialed in, and there's definitely a few guys there that are uh, just dialed right in. Yeah. Awesome. I I wanted to uh, ask you, I mean, I think this is the first, international guest we've had on you know you're 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 living up in canada and i just have a question do you use inches or centimeters up there because obviously i heard you say 49s 47s 54s (laughs) does it does it cross or you still still use the inches I do inches, brother. That's where it's all at. That's what we're all doing. But in like day-to-day life, are you using like the English or or the metric system? No, English, yeah. Okay. I I just... The wrong wrong way. I think the uh, the only country that does that, right? Miles per hour and like inches... All that stuff. Yeah, I, don't I definitely, I I definitely know the Canadians don't realize that 100 kilometers is not 100 miles an hour because when I go up through Toronto, they're going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to go 100 kilometers and I'm getting smoked everywhere because <laughs> it's only <laughs> 63 miles an hour. They don't realize that that is kilometers. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I know. yeah they, say it's a, they say the highway is 100 kilometers an hour, the speed limit, but... As you said, everybody's flying. Like I don't know oh, about yeah. it. Almost seems like 120 standard, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know why we live so close together, and there is all those little different, like different things. I don't know why, but it works, I guess, for both, both places. So it is. Oh yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. So let's let's talk about talk about your baits a little bit. So, like, give us an overview. Okay, I can do that. I, 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 obviously, I will do that for sure. That's why I'm, I'm on here. But I do have a lot of baits, so I'll kind of just go in and out of some baits. And if you guys want to, like, poke anything in there or anything like that, I can give a little history on that, too. Basically, I didn't really set out to become a bait maker. You know, you see some guys, all these, like, there's a lot. I'm not being negative or anything, but you see a lot of pop-up companies, guys all over the place trying to do bucktails and stuff like that. The first reason why I first beat lures, and probably a lot of guys, is because you can't get a lure to do exactly what you want or you're looking for a specific lure. And I figured out quick what I wanted to do where I was fishing was huge, expansive weed beds, like gigantic, like football field upon football field weed beds. And I was using these little lures, and I was blowing them up, and they're falling apart. Some of them, they were I, – I seen how I wanted to fish. I wanted to cover lots of water with a big profile, lots of vibration. And I was using certain lures, but they just didn't seem to be doing what I wanted to do, rolling out this and that. So I started designing my own spinnerbaits for doing what I wanted to do. And I, I really needed to make them weedless, and I needed them to sit down. Then I realized you could get all these different vibrations from the way you engineered them, longer arms, shorter arms, thicker blades, cup blades, thinner blades, not so cup, bead size. Like, there really is a science behind it. And... As, as you guys are too, and a lot of us are, I just became very fanatical with that. And I just designed lures from there and I, I had success. Like I, I'm pretty humble. I don't go out there and throw out numbers really or anything like that, but I just did really good. And then inside the small little scene, I was kind of like with fishing. It was weird. I was very, I was connected to a few guys that were really connected 
but that was it. Like I was really closed off. I don't know why. Like I, I don't know if I fully regret it. I'm a lot open, more open now, but I was, you know, I'm, we're musky guys. Some of us are a little different, right? So yep, I don't yep. know why that was. I was just, I was just very, I fished a lot on my own and stuff like that. Since then I've opened up, but that's how I got into designing the lure in that type of lure because of the body, the body of water I was fishing. And from there, I, I, then I, what did I do? Okay. I got the first one I think I did. I did the big Lebowski, which is like a 3.5 inch, 3.5 ounce spinnerbait. It's like 14 inches long. And that's the one that's become a custom that I do. And it's pretty highly sought after. There's a lot of people that probably want to strangle me because uh, there's a back order for those. But just you guys know, I'm sure with the, the custom painting and stuff, it's really hard to get all that stuff down. Just like a custom tie with hair. It's not like you can get any of your buddies to come over and start weaving up a custom lure. It's pretty hard to do. So I'm pretty backordered on those ones. But that's how I got into that lure. And then I got into another one, the Vigilant. Or I, I did the, what did I do? I did the Flash Bowski. And I also got into that one, which is a single hook, super weedless. People get all paranoid off the single hook. You're not going to hook up on muskies. When you're spinnerbait trolling, if you know how to set your drag properly for the time of year, like summer speed, I think a lot of people get into this idea they want to lock down their drag and stuff. And it's actually like an art form. When you spinnerbait troll, you got a certain type of like rod. Generally, like I like to use like a bucktail rod. And when we're when I say summer speeds like four to like six miles per hour, you got to dial in that drag just right. But that doesn't mean real heavy. That like backed off. It doesn't take much to poke an eight dot single hook through the bridge of a muskie's nose. And you guys probably know. You see sometimes the odd picture someone posted up, and you see that gash above a muskie's like rim of its face there, where it's ripped from like the bottom of the jaw to the top of the nose. Mm-hmm. That will happen very easily when you're spinnerbait trolling. If your drag's too locked down, and then when they head shake, it pops right off. It's like I always try and like explain it to people, but it's almost like trial and error. I don't know how much experience you guys have with spinnerbait trolling or not, but there is something to it. And I've always wanted to get into more detail. I do like a YouTube video on it because the slower you go, you start to tighten up your drag a little bit more. You know what I mean? Obviously. Yeah. So there's, a, there's, there's a bunch of ways around it, but I'll, I'll fast forward into some other lures, other lures that I'm doing now, the big lure that I'm, I've got going on for more like open water, deep humps, deep edges. And a, a lure that's gotten a lot of notoriety lately is a lure called the big heavy XL, the big heavy XXL. I know, I know for sure there's like a couple 56 inches, like 40 pound fish. This lure this year has been, it's been amazing the amount of fish that have came on it. And it's why I call it an open water spinnerbait because it sits down like 70 to 100 back at summer speeds. I always use the term summer speeds. It will get you like 8 to 14 down depending on exactly where your speed is. And that's like that, you know, the thermocline sitting around 8 feet, 13 feet, that summer depth. And it just, that lure has just seemed to get ripped on this year. So that lure has been really successful for me. That one's built its reputation up pretty massive. And I got a number of, like, I probably have like 10 or 12 lures in my roster. Two of them are prototypes, which are beyond prototypes now because they're proven. I just got to try and convince some of my buddies to let me release this one next year just because some of the fish, I don't know, like some of the fish that have come on this one lure in particular uh, like, uh, I hope to get down there. You guys are announcing the Muskie Max or something. I'm hoping to get down to some of these American shows and show my baits down there. I, I know a lot of guys. I do actually have a lot of customers from New York who fish like Kingston and that area. They, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of this thing that I'm doing called the hog collar? 
Uh-oh. You guys ever hear about that? No, I've never. No. Um, Dave, uh, Dave from DK, and I know his crew. I only know him through social media and talking, but I know they got a bunch of them. All these guys got them down there. I know a gentleman named Jim Wilson last year down there. He got like a forty pounder. And what it is is I've since seen it. I kept it a secret forever. And you know, I'd always like to think like I'm the originator of this component. But you guys know as well as I do, there's some, there's other people on planet Earth, and there's always someone else trying to think of the same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. I think I, I created this component in like 2010, 2011, and I fished it on Lake Nipissing, and I fished it on Lake St. Clair. And uh, what it is, it's like a spinnerbait. You guys know, uh, it's like the front of a spinnerbait, essentially. But I put a weight on mine, and I know... I don't know which one of you guys actually does that, the, the swim bait, but I, you, my swim bait of choice for what we like to put on it down here is the Shadzilla. And it turns that Shadzilla into a trolling machine. It, you can sit a, a Shadzilla down like 10, 12 feet, eight feet. And if you ever fish one of my baits or when you do, you'll know when you put out one of my spinner baits, it's uh, for Todd and you guys obviously know it's I, I, it, crazy. It sounds, it looks like a Wiley's on the end of your line. The yeah. rod pounding it's just like bang 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 and the amount of fish that people have stacked up like if you just look at my social media you can find me on instagram or facebook you'll it's not that i'm like boasting about the lures or anything like that but you guys know i'm on the show i'm trying to promote yeah but again all these things that i built when i go back to the very beginning of how we started talking about this i built these for myself to make me a better angler and that's the idea, you know what I mean? I think a lot of the best lure builders probably started out like that. They started building the lure, they're fishermen, and they started building the lure to try and up their game. And then when they realize that a successful tool, usually a couple friends get a hold of it, and they're like, oh, come on, come on, start spinning a few, or start putting some of those raptors on the lathe or whatever it is. Come on, we got to get them out there, get them out there next to you, out there. And people can't stop using them because, you know, you know how to work. They, they work great. You see a lot of people who try and make lures, and it just there's no innovation they're very dry it's like i that's the one thing i don't like it's like where's the thought process you know what i mean like that's what we need more of i think in the musky industry people thinking trying to come up with the next best thing because you guys all know the double 10 was the real deal that actually worked you know what i mean like that was something like look at the phenomenon that followed that the suet um these baits and i think that's I don't know. I just got into the spinner bait thing, and I just I think I redesigned it, the whole look of it. And uh, I did them first for myself, and now I've shared them with everybody. And I think that's why the lure. I guess I'm not sure how you guys found me or if you see me on social media, but I think it's it's taken off. Like it's just blown right up. Like I cannot even keep up with the orders. So I'm just really excited for where the future holds. And I have a bunch of other lures on the list too, but. It's a lot of lures to go through. If you guys want me to get anything more, like I can. But generally what I like to do, I like to stay in my wheelhouse. I, I, I get asked to do all sorts of other people's lures, and I, I don't do it. And I try and direct them to those people. They do those lures. They're good at that. You guys pick up those. I kind of do my thing. And that's kind of how I go about doing what I do. And it was just for me first. And I guess, you know, it worked. And now everyone else is finding them too. So it's awesome to see. All, 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 all your baits are like spinner baits of some type? Yeah, that's they all are. They, they the, yeah. the smallest one I got, the smallest one I got is called the Vigilante. It's new this year. I released it. It's it's much. It's modeled after the bait I made called the Flashbowski. And I'll go into it for a second when I mention that single hook. It's one hook, 
the hook is not poured into the lead. And the reason why the hook is not poured into the lead, when you and I'm not knocking any spinnerbaits. There's tons of great spinnerbaits out there like this. I just did what worked for me and what made it last the longest and what upped the hooking percentages. Mm-hmm. So the hook is not poured into the lead. It's actually shrink tubing behind the lead. So what this is, because when you pour that heat over top of the wire, it weakens the wire right at the very front of the spinnerbait head because mm-hmm. the lead's hot, right? You pour it over. It's just natural physics or whatnot. Yep. Then when you powder paint the thing, there's more heat. And like when I, you know, I was fishing all these other spinnerbaits first like that and they worked. They, they, a lot of them were really good. And they caught fish. They would snap right there though. Nothing's worse than seeing like a 54 inch Georgian Bay pig or something come out of the water and it just, the bait lets go right there. Oh yeah. So yeah. I was like, I have to change that really quick. So not only are the, not only with the shrink tubing back in behind it, it the, the, the hook now has flexing behind there. If you picture in your head, a fish striking a spinnerbait and now that hook is not poured into the lead because when it's poured in the lead, right, there's no flex. That arm is just getting bent right out. So now there's flexing behind there. And then number two, if you got to cut a hook, your spinnerbait's still good. Boom, you're still good. And this is, it only rides one hook, 3.5 ounces. It speed trolls up in excess up to like six miles per hour. And this isn't a plug, but I know you used to fish with Wiley on the time. And when I discovered Wiley's, man, the one-two punch I'd have with Wiley's and my spinnerbaits, fishing that money depth from like six feet to like 18 feet, like, I got so many Wileys in my basement that are just chewed down to the raw wood. And I know a lot of people are like, they just try and pump their lures. And they, it's so weird. Like, all they want to do, like, I know I'm here to talk about my lures, but you guys know there's a lot of good lures out there. And I'll admit oh, that yeah. openly. And that was my one-two punch for years anyways. I like to slide that in there because I'm pretty sure you guys are buddies with Dale. But that, and then the final thing with my lure is there's no lead head in front of the skirt. And that's what a lot of people have fallen in love with. And I think that's where I've really changed the game. And I know fishing in Chautauqua, I know I think because I've done some research historically, it's not a spinnerbait lake, but I know you guys love to fish the weeds. This thing will slide right through the weeds because all I put in the front is a bead. Picture in your head a little bead. Don't know if anyone has their phone there and they can pull up my Instagram or something, but it's a bead, a skirt, and then the weight behind that. And that's, that's kind of been my MO, man. Like that just, this thing just greases right through anything. And if you are trolling, let's say you're trolling and you get weed, lift up to 11 o'clock, drop back down, and your lure is still pounding. Like, you're always in the money zone. The lure never stops running. And you guys know, as crazy, it is, crazy as it is, when you guys troll and you get weed on one of your crankbaits or whatever, and you see a customer start, like, winding in a lure and it takes, like, five minutes, I know in your head you're, like, wind that bloody thing in as quick as you can yeah. <laughs> and reset that rod. Because you never want to be out of the money zone. And that's what happens with the scooter base, just for the way I set up my fish. It's just, like, we're always running clean, man. And that's what a guide on George bay this year he fished along the french too he told me he's like the lure is just like he's like i'm ne- i'm he, the way he said it, he goes i pulled through a rice bed or something he's like i pulled through this like rice bed because it was the size of a football field he goes and i pulled out into a, a, a hundred feet of water or something i was a hundred yards off the structure and he goes i wasn't even worried he goes i knew my lure is still running clean and he's like the rod the reel just started dumping and the pictures on the instagram there facebook but just a railroad tie, like 35 pounds. Just, I think that was actually French maybe, but it was just a freak gorilla. And that guy, that's how he fell in love with my lures. He's like, dude, I just never have to worry about anything beyond your lure. And one other thing I'll back that up with, because I need to get a name drop here for a sec, but you guys obviously know Kevin Goldberg. Yes. Mm-hmm. You guys know the, the Berg. 
Oh, yeah. He got a hold of my lyrics, and that was the thing he texted me. He's like, holy smokes, we got floaters and everything. It's crazy. He's like, I can't run anything else. He's like, your lure doesn't stop running. He's like, the weed just slides right off it. I'm like, yeah, man. No lead head in the front of a spinnerbait with that little bead, and the weeds just, they just flow right off. It's just a smooth run. It's it's just <laughs> insane how clean it just keeps running. So that's how that lure, anyways, that's part of the buildup of that lure, why it's so successful. And then just the way I balanced the blades and engineered the bait with the beads and everything like that, like I said, it pounds like a wily. Like when you see the spinnerbait back there, I know you'll see a lot of baits. Some spinnerbaits do it, some don't. I like to have that pound for nothing more than I, I know it triggers fish, but say for instance, when you put that hog collar in front of a plastic, you can put it in front of your sloppy swimmer. You could put it in front of a bulldog, Shotzilla, whatever it may be. You can tell if you're trolling a plastic and you know, I hate, I never like wondering. You can't tell what the bait's doing because it doesn't show a lot of action in the rod. You hook up a hog collar to it. Guess what? Bang, 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 bang. You can see you can clean it off. And a lot of guys know a lot of guys that are doing now too. They're just like, I found out about this. A lot of guys are using them for, to, to kill weight their double tens. And it adds the extra, bl- it, the weight sinks it down and it adds the extra vibration. So it's like, oh, there you go. You know, it's limitless. I guess what you can do, some people can do a lot with it. So that's, that's how that one goes down anyways. I think we received a picture with one of those hog things in front of one of our swimmers. Yeah. You probably can't find it on my, instagram because i'm still it's i can send you guys it's out there because customers start posting pictures but you know when you're still a musky guy but you're into the lure business you're still kind of hung up on the secrecy thing a bit which is not a secret i'm selling freaking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them i really am but i just haven't put a picture up of it yet really because you know how quick it, it will get redone that's just sadly the nature of the business but yeah. yeah, I would like to send you guys some because I think for sure there's a place there you can troll those sloppy swimmers or cast them. And it's just now it's just basically a spinnerbait and it sits down and you got a indicator that you got the vibration and in the indicator there telling you what's going on. That is pretty interesting. So all of your spinners are like, I'm looking at them. Yeah. They are like inline spinners. And I see that bead is a unique design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah they look super cool man um one of the coolest things i heard you say was about cutting the hook i mean yeah that's what back in the day when i was a kid i you know you didn't worry about it because if the fish was legal we were taking it in anyhow but when i yeah. got to start releasing and you start using a particular type of bucktail where the you know the feathers are all tied onto the hook which is the way they used to make a lot of them, you know, quickly I would realize, well, if, you know, if I cut this hook, I'm done with this bait right now for a while, you know? So I always yeah. chose the ones that, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the, um, I think they were the Wendell's harasser because, you know, it was tied onto that spring type thing. There was a hook in the back so I could catch the fish. If I needed to cut a couple hooks. That was fine. Split ring back there, put another hook on you're good to go. Oh, yeah. and I, 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 yeah. I got to avoiding like the, 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 you know, the traditional mepses and everything because everything's tied right on the hook. I mean, that's your hook. You can't cut them off or you got to make another tail. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's a neat thing about what you were saying about your baits there. Yeah, I know the out of business side goes up on the boat for the bait when you got to cut it and then you're down and out. So 
Yep. Yeah, I know that one definitely is very efficient. And I might add to for people like kids and stuff like that, or even like guides, I've had a lot of good response from guides. Because let's face it, all you got to do, you cast it out and turn turn it over and the blades start kicking. There's nothing more to it really for casting, mm-hmm. whether you're fishing in the fall or a cold front or the middle of the summer. It just depends on what speed or what depth you want to pound it down. And that counting it down brings me to something too, where these baits have got a big fanatical following as any of the river systems that are people are fishing these days with the heavy current, because you can count these, you can count these blades, you can count spinner baits down. They're like, they're, some of them are really heavy, 3.5 ounce, some of them are five ounce, some of them are seven. Like I've done all different weights covered every window and guys are sending me pictures of gorillas. They're casting their trolling because they're sitting right down in the current, cutting it down where the traditional bucktail you cast it up there like you can count it down but it just doesn't get down there as quick and as efficient you know what i mean so yeah that's another reason that i, I think it's your like the new york area a lot of guys i don't know them like just really you guys know how it works customers you sometimes small talk with some others but they i don't know man they're doing something over there because they order a heck of a lot of lures so that's great over there doing something. <laughs> am i talking too much for you guys no, no i no. love it this is great. Uh, it's uh, it's it's really neat. I mean, you're you're obviously showing a, a huge passion for this, and and you know you're, you know, anyone can just very vaguely group. Oh, there's blades. That's a spinner bait. A spinner bait to spinner bait. And you know, I was just you know I'm sitting here daydreaming about some of the stuff like, you know, like just what what you're doing. I'm like, man, I, I guess I never thought of that. I mean, there was a time I made spinners. This was going way back, but I don't do it anymore because we kind of got into the to the soft plastic swim baits and the jerk baits and stuff like that. But man, this is all really cool stuff. Uh, do you have like a retail outlet? Is this all through you? Here's how this has been going for me. I'm just doing it on, excuse me, on my level right now. And last year, I kind of seen things really starting to build for me. Like, again, like, I'm not out there saying I'm the greatest or this or that. I don't really, like, I see guys out there and their their approach. I'm the greatest, like, this and that. I don't know. That's not my approach. Because, you know what, without the customers, yeah, sure, I still may think I build a great lure. But guess what? I got no, I got no, like, base. I got nobody buying my lures. I always just like to stay humble. And I am very grateful for anybody that picks up my lures or supports me because I build lures. I will get back to what you mentioned there, but it made me think like I build lures. I do love building lures, but it's gone to the point where I have three kids and, and you guys, if any of you have kids and they're, they're playing like hockey, high end hockey and sports. And I actually need to make this money is actually part of my income that helps support my family. And without it, like I probably would not be in a good spot. So it's been a blessing in that sense too. So I've been very, very grateful for that. But how 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 it's kind of the retail and where it's gone. So what I'm getting at is I did the Odyssey in Bowmanville, Ontario. They're going to be doing it again in 2020. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was hoping, obviously, it was going to be good. Everything's good. But the freaking lineup I had at my booth, like at one o'clock, I was still, I was still working and selling lures and we had hundreds and hundreds of lures and we went home with like 10 lures like it was crazy and then you know more pictures and people start coming in and, and it just flourished so from there i've i've gotten what we're where we're aiming to do go with this is 
we had we we had we have stuff, but it's sold it's sold out obviously at North Shore Muskie Bait. So that's a retail outlet in the the states that we're going to keep doing every year. Uh, John Mortimer and now one of his friends have taken it over in Minnesota. They seem to every time they get a hold of our lures, they just sell out of them and snap. So that's one spot we've touched base in the states. Um, I'm at a bunch of lodges and stores in and around Lake Nipissing and the French River and stuff like that. So that's been really good too. I've had the, this year all the places are pretty much sold out of their lures. It's been repeat business. Because you got to remember too, like the spinnerbait. Like I am a trophy hunter myself, but a spinnerbait again. How many people overcomplicate musky fishing? You know what I mean? Like you get a lure out of the box, or you're trying to do something. It's like you can't even figure out how to use this thing. You need like a friggin' twelve-page front-to-back booklet on how to work this lure. (laughs) I'm all about efficiency, man. When I pull out a lure, I want it to work. I want it to run, and that's what's going to make me successful. So that's part of the deal too. You know what I mean? Like it's what I'm getting at. It's a simple lure for anybody to go to at a store and pick up and be like. I can use this, just cast and retrieve or dump it behind the boat and troll. I still think it's one of the easiest ways to catch a freaking muskie personally. So we're, we're, we're there with that. And then the plan is though, I got, I've had a few different people who took notice and wanted to like, I've had three or four people that wanted to like sit down and talk about investing with me, which I'm not much of a a businessman, but this company has also gotten to the point where you know what? It's on the fringe. It's so it's gotten so big. Like next year, we're gonna have to see what happens. Long the long term the long term goal though is where you say where you want to see this go. I'm always hoping to plan on build all the custom lures and do everything like that. The one vigilante I do though, which is a 2.5 ounce, so it fits in about the palm of your hand. It's 2.5 ounce, and it but it still has all the 0.062 wire and the strength and capability of the Flash Bowski. But now anybody with like a general plastic or, a, you know, like more and more people these days, everybody has a musky rod in their arsenal. Basically, I want people to walk into Canadian Tire, Walmart, wherever they walk into, and be like, this is the new maps of 2020. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. This yeah. is the lure where I can grab and take out and probably get into a nice pike or a musky. Like, because, you know, it's not all about the trophy hunt, too. You guys, I like, feel like, oh, well, we didn't get any big ones on the trip or this and that. You guys, as guys know, probably some of the most memorable memories you've ever created isn't necessarily the big fish you've caught. It's unreal when you see that young kid or someone get their musky cherry popped and they get that first musky and it's just like, holy cow, like that's what, th- those are some of the greatest memories you can make. And I'm sure that's what happens when you're a guy, too. And I just think this lure here, like, you know what, man? I just think it's that lure. It's it's so simplistic and so easy to use, and it's like it's like it's it's just simple. It's like you know what I mean. Like it's just I don't know. I just I just got some feeling in my heart that I really can't take off with the investors that have been trying to approach me and stuff like that. So there will be a lot of stuff going on with Lebowski lures this year, and like because you guys know too, if you want to keep doing it at the level you do it you can't work a job and then do this because this is a full-time job. You know what I mean? Just like you guys probably guided a bit at one time. And then you're like, I really love this. I think I can do this full-time. And like, Ooh, I make musky lures and all my rod holders. Like, Holy crap. Like they're really yeah. taking off. Right. <laughs> Thomas is using them on his boat. And they're all over musky hunter and Dave from DK. And then like my buddies down here in Canada, like they all have them. I'll admit to you. I have Trojan on my boat and I love Trojan. Dave is a friend of mine. 
But I went on his boat and I used the Fat A's E-Rod holders and I was like, man, these things are amazing. Like, so, you know, and that's how you get into it. You got to decide. It's like, you got to get to a point in your life where it's like, am I going to just do this and do it half-assed for the rest of my life or am I going to do it all the way? And I think musky fishing, I think you guys both will all agree. That's, it's one freshwater fish where it's still growing in popularity. And like you guys talked about muskies, ain't stocking all these waters and stuff. Like, I love that idea, and they're growing the business and growing the sport of muskies. And if I can get to do this, like, like I am basically doing it full-time, but I'm killing myself doing two jobs. So if I can get this to become job number one and full-time, like, you guys, I'm always donating lures here and donating lures there, but I'll also become a huge advocate. And if I ever become financially successful, like, I want to support all these things a whole lot more in, like, Ontario and Canada and stuff, too, because... You know, we got a lot of problems, too, with pike getting into the Corthas, and for whatever reason, those strands don't mix. And Like, a lot of, sadly, a lot of lakes in the chain, in the earlier part of the chain, the pike have basically overridden, and the muskies are basically gone. So, like, we need more support here. Like, that's one thing with with America and the States. I love what you guys are doing, from what I see, from my perspective, anyways. Like, look at Green Bay. What a freak fishery. I don't yeah. know what goes on around Pennsylvania or anything like that, but I see some of Kevin's pictures and I see pictures and I'm like, look at these freak fish. And in Ohio, like these guys, you guys got, I, I don't know, man, you guys got good fisheries down there from what I can see. And look at Stockwa. Like I keep saying, I'm going to come down there and fish with Kevin or whatever, but it's like, I actually have to get down there, man. Like look at the fish you guys are bagging. I see what you guys are doing down there. So the sky's a little just trying to see how big we can, it's not about how big we can get it. You know what it is? It's about, following your passion and living your dream essentially right that's what you guys would you not agree you yep. to do what you want to do yep. sure so that's where i'm going to try and bring her anyway and see it's 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 basically there but it's just nerve-wracking to try and make the jump you know what i mean but uh, i don't know we'll have to see what happens it sounds like you're on the up and up now is it just you in the production line no i could never do it like i i could never do that with my shop my best friend, he works, he owns a construction landscape company, and this guy's like one of the best friends in the world. Him and my nephew, they, and my buddy Jeff, they'll come in in the wintertime. And like, you guys got some of those workers, like some of those buddies are like blue, hardcore, blue collar, and like they just work like six days a week, like crazy hours. And then that's what these guys are like. And when it teeters off, like their work teeters off, they're right shop and they're just going to town <laughs> they're working and then they kind of teeter off and i lose them in the spring though and i start starting back up and then i wrote into i rotate into a couple other buddies and then i also rotated into my dad back to my dad the guy was freaking sniping in on our phone call before you guys called those <laughs> two big ones he got he, yeah like fishing man also look at look at how it keeps family together and brings people together you know like we're still doing it i he's 67 i'm going on 42 and he comes, he helps me grind it out, you know, but at the end of the day, that's when, you know, something's going on. The help's not enough. Like it's beyond me now. You know what I mean? Like I need to get permanent help. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want to take the step. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I often wondered how Dale did it and stuff. Cause his well, we're just going. like with Andy and the Raptors, we're just rating. How old's uh, the boy now, Andy? Uh, how old's you what? You got to get him. Your, your boy. We need oh, to get oh. him start squirting some paint here pretty soon. Yeah, okay. So he's, my boy's going to be five in November. He's five. Yeah. So don't have a mask yet. Start, 
I do have a guy that's probably going to be 32 here soon that I'm trying really hard to bottle feed to get him to put this airbrush in his hand. It's, it's, it's difficult at that age, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Hey, Vance, my, that your kids you. will help you if they like the sport. Your kids will get down there and help you. Like my daughters, they'll come down and spend time with me and like bead bead blades and they'll bead wire and put <laughs> blades on and stuff. Like so Great. they will come help you. They come down and just spend the time. I don't even really ask them that often. They're like, Dad, can we help you? They see that I'm kinda of going to the grindstone trying to get these orders out and a lot of the time they'll come down and help me. And I'm fortunate my kids they my girls they truly like I know what people think, oh they see the big fish. I post the one up there on Instagram of Maddie. And I got to do Peyton stories too. But people see the kids and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're just trolling. Probably just set, like set the rods. I'm like, no, no, my kids can cast. They can set rods. They can clean rods. They know how to set drags. Like they put <laughs> yeah. the time in. Like I am driving and stuff like that, but I'm like, it's their fish. what they're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, they're into it for sure. So you're one day your boy will be old enough. And if he's into it, he will help you. Well, without a doubt, I'm sure he's, I mean, he'd love to if I said, come on out, but he's just, there's just not no, a lot no. of good hand-eye at four, so. <laughs> no, I crayons, crayons don't go well on the raptor. Nope. No. <laughs> but, yeah, without a doubt. So, it sounds like you got quite an operation. Yeah, it's pretty much, uh, it's, it's in my house, but I had a full room dedicated to doing it. And now uh, my room is spilled out into the whole entire room. And it's basically like a whole packaging area and all the components. And like, you know, I got the stamps for the boxes and we put the boxes together. So it's all going. It's all going. But it's just, the thing is when I do the side, it's just working the two jobs. That's getting down to like, I got to figure out what I'm actually going to do here. But like I said, I got investors and stuff like that. And the one investor actually works in the broadcasting industry. They've won a lot of big awards and stuff like that. And they were actually mentioning to me about possibly doing some TV series and stuff like that. So, you know what? The sky's the limit. Who knows what happens for Lebowski Lures? You know what I mean? It's like I followed a lot of dreams with the hockey and whatnot. It never actually came to anything. And fishing was something I never, I never dreamed of doing anything with fishing other than hunting muskies. That's what I love to do. And then... I don't know, like, I, I, I did believe in what I was doing, and I thought my lures, like, I know what they were doing for me and my close friends, and I knew they were the real deal, but to have it blow up like it did, it's just been a, amazing and a blessing, and I, while I'm on here, too, I just, like you guys know as well, too, without, again, with all the people supporting me and putting them to test and using them, like, I'm basically nothing, so I'm very grateful and thankful to all the people that helped put food in my kids' mouths and get help them play sports and stuff. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm doing it to bank extra money just to play around with. Like, that's not what it's about. You're um, not buying I, your third house? Yeah. No, and I haven't got that Ranger boat yet, but I heard you guys talking about that. <laughs> that's amazing. I fished out of a Ranger for the first time last year, and I was in love, and I was trying to make offers on it and everything obviously it was crazy i wasn't getting it but it was crossing my mind and it's a dream of mine one day though too if i could ever get a ranger like that's just the ultimate musky rig and my buddy has one and i'm just like oh man i fished out of that thing i only got one follow that day on the bay my buddy that did the day before got a 49 but the rest of the weekend we got blank but i was on that on that freaking ranger and i was just like holy like 
I felt like I made it or something a little tiny bit. I was like, dude, I'm on the <laughs> Ranger. Maybe it's more common in the States. You guys sounds like you guys are running Rangers and stuff. But for me, I was just like, holy shit. Like, you guys see him like that too? Do you not honestly look at a Ranger though? And you're just like, holy crap, man. Like a Ranger. I see I a lot more like the Ranger bass boats around here, but I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm in like near the shore of Lake Erie and all the smallmouth fishery and stuff. So it's, 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 you know, a pretty common thing to see really expensive boats, but like inland where I muskie fish and stuff. No, I mean, an actual multi-species Ranger is not that common, but you know, you no. can, you can always do what I did and buy one that's 17 years old and you, you can say you got one. It's still, you know, just as good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what my buddies was, but it was like, you, like when it was mint, because maybe like, I don't know, people that get those boats, they realize you got to take care of it. He dumped the motors off him, put new motors and electronics on it. But to me, I didn't like, to me, if he would have been like, this is a 2018, I would have believed him. Like that yeah, Ranger was, was nice, yeah. and it was, it was just beautiful, man. So I don't know. I, I mean, obviously awesome. there's so, exceptions, but I, I think you hit on a really good point is people, you know, when, when when you have a high dollar item, um, people tend to take care of that stuff. And I also notice there's a trend that there are some people that buy a high dollar item just to have a high dollar item and not really use it. There might it might sit a lot of its life. And you know, sure. the people, yeah, the hounds with fishing lures too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so I mean, there's there's a crazy correlation going on there with you know, hey, I got a brand new Corvette in the in the in the garage. Oh yeah. How often do you drive it? Oh, I put 2000 miles on it a year. Well, that's going to take a long time to get, you know, high miles on that. Get broken in. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, you can find good, good deals on Rangers. You know, you just got to look a little bit older, but yeah. Yeah. I'm still a little bit off, but definitely like uh, in the future, like uh, it's something I, I would, it, it is a dream. I would love to, obtain a ranger one day and i think every man if they work hard enough they should get something like something like that if that's what they want so <laughs> it's definitely on the list of things anyways that i just uh yeah rangers I, i'm also fun, man. me personally i'm a i'm a real sucker for high-end equipment so i just i, I tend to go that way uh just you i do that you do any. i know yeah. i mean I, I i i hate being like man i wish i had that why did i just buy this so i just i just go for it Save a little longer, and yeah. You get it. I like it. You know, like they say, do it right the first time. You know what I mean? You buy like the downgraded reel, and then you blow all the gears out on it on it on your second cast, and you're like, <laughs> should have listened to Bob, man. Yeah. Tell me you get that tranks or whatever you're running. It's like my one buddy's like that. Ripped me apart. Uh, my buddy Mike Ross he used to bring all my Fisher Price gear on his boat, and he just chastised me. And he freaking, that's one guy he really taught me all about gear. He actually picked me up a rod from Thorn Brothers, I think, last year. And what a rod that is. I, I know you guys are running St. Croix. I don't know St. Croix blank. But mm-hmm. I love that rod, man. Like, not, But I will say, I'm not just saying this because it's a seamless plug. I, I do have, like, 12 St. Croix. Because, let's face it, back in the day, right, like 20 years ago, that was the only must rod, man. Yep. That was the rod. So, you know what? They're minus the, uh, the odd pop die or whatever. I don't know. But my St. Croix, they're still, they're amazing. And, you know, we've gone in this trend to be all these big rods now. But, you know, with me, it's perfect because my kids, they're all perfect size for all my kids now. So, yeah, yeah, the old ones, yeah. Got St. Claus coming out the yin-yang. Good rods. 
I love it. You guys, you guys ever fish? You guys ever fish blades on Chautauqua? Though I understand that you guys don't really do that. Uh, well, okay. Occasionally. Yeah, I mean, I I grew up fishing that way, you know, in the up tight in the weeds and throwing blades. I've caught all the first many muskies I caught up here were on the blades. Don't do it a lot right now. It's funny, you know. You, you think a spinner is, you know, a, you know, a bucktail spinner bait is throw it out, reeled in, and I think Vance will test this too. You, you still have to fish them, you know, and I can hand somebody a spinner. And, you know, I bring it in and you, you slow your retrieve at the end so you can do like a figure eight. And it frustrates me when, I, you know, I'm watching guys and, they, you know, all they're doing is throwing and reeling. And the, the, the blade pops out of the water like two, two or three feet from the boat. You know, they haven't dipped their rod. So th- there's some training you have to do uh, with people with uh, a buck more than others, eh? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, more than others. Some more than others, for sure. <laughs> uh, it's funny with the spinnerbait, though. You guys agree? Like, you hear a lot of people, they talk about the spinnerbait. They're like, like, I know down in my neck of the woods here, man, like, I know the top dogs. A lot of guys are, like, fishing blades and stuff. And I think Todd said he, I think it was Todd's voice, said he went out to, like, Strawberry Channel and all that. And there's a lot of guys that fish the blades. But you hear people like, oh, blades. Oh, yeah. Like, pull out the old spinnerbait in the cold front or whatever. It's like if you're pulling on the spinnerbait in the absolute worst conditions to catch a muskie, why wouldn't you use that spinnerbait in the absolute best conditions to catch yeah. a muskie? And furthermore, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, is the spinnerbait one, two, or three best bass lure in the entire world? Like, oh, yeah. so why wouldn't it work? Like, I know for sure, I can't say they're all on spinnerbaits, but I know I've caught, I've probably caught over a thousand muskies or something in my lifetime. I don't keep track, but like, it's just such an efficient lure. That's all I can say. Like, and I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back to the forefront. I think I am. Cause I see some other lure companies farting around trying to do these innovative things. And I'm seeing a lot of similarities on what I've talked about on some of the shows I've done. And I've went around to a lot of the local clubs, which is awesome. They've had me out and I've done lots of uh, presentations and whatnot. And I see, like, I see that change in the game. I see people actually start to see and like, you guys, I don't post them all of these things like down there like my buddy last week. He got his personal best. Two in the same trip, PB 55 and a half and 54. And they're like fishing my lures, you know what I mean? It's just like mind-blowing to me. And then That's all, I know. Great stuff. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure like out in Minnesota and all these areas, like I'm starting to get more and more people buying my lures out there. But I'm not sure people are fishing like that. Like I know like in the States, a lot of guys love to cast, which you can cast them. But I just keep thinking like the trolling aspect too. And like, especially out there, I think they want to do something different a lot of the time because there's tons of sticks out there hammering all the weed lines and humps and breaks and whatnot. Right. So it's like, you want to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man, I just, it, it's selling out there. And uh, I hope I'd like to see it really catch on though. And back to retail and stuff like that. When you, I'm all over the place, but when you said that, I want to try and come out. I haven't crossed the border. Yet. I got to do but I want to try and get out to the Musky Max because I've heard all sorts of good stuff about it. And I want to try and maybe get out to one of the Minnesota shows. So anyone listening in the States and stuff like that, Lebowski Lures is coming. I'm going to try and make it work so we can get out there. And then I see you guys are having, there's like a show in and around Chautauqua. And I see yeah. a gentleman posting there on Facebook and I'm thinking, I got a message him. He told me to give him a call. So I got a message for it all books up. Looks like a lot of solid lure builders going to be there. I'm sure you guys are going to be there. And I was like, that's not far from me. That's only two hours you need out there. Like, 
I'm thinking I should probably try and get there. So yeah. we're yeah. gonna bring it over anyways, and I'm gonna contact more stores in the future and try and get it over there and whatnot. So we'll see what happens. Try and get That'd it be, over there because that would be great. We, the, that would be great. We'd love to see you down there at that New York show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really I would cool. like. I would like to make it down for sure. Just yeah, it, it would be. It's time to get over there. I think because like, like I've got people. Like I got people in Tennessee, Virginia, Wisconsin. You know what's cool, actually? Wisconsin talking to you guys like hockey a little bit. Joe Pavelski ordered, I don't know if you know that name. I'm, I'm pretty sure he got traded to the Dallas Stars now, but he ordered a whole bunch of lures off me. Apparently, he's a pretty fanatical musky fisherman. He found me on Instagram, totally wicked, messed me up, shooting the breeze with him, sent him out a whole pile of lures. He was pumped, man. That's great. So, that, was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool there, just a little plug there. And cool was that. So, yeah, no. Um, so if somebody does want to get a hold of your lures, like right now, are they pretty hard to come by? Or is there a big wait list? I get back ordered, but like, if like I'm back ordered, there's probably somebody listening here. Like, obviously, you know, you guys probably have some of your stuff, so you can't please everybody. Like, the hair, I'm definitely back ordered on the hair. I'm not too far off with the flash show. Like, when I say I work two jobs going like full bore, like. I'm not kidding, man. Like, I try and get everybody. I don't want to let the momentum die. I try and get everybody's stuff to them as best I can. And there's a bunch of guys in Green Bay that are, like, fishing after me for stuff, so I'm trying to get all their stuff out and, like, everything in the other to all these people. But I, a long time ago, I only put it on YouTube to help the business, but I I, had a, I did a little YouTube clip there, and I haven't done many since. It was just, like, something I had to do to try and get the lures out there, but I did really well. I know a lot of lures are successful on St. Clair, but I did really well anyways on my baits. And I find a lot of people have picked up on them there too. So like, you guys know what the St. Clair people are like, they're fanatical. So like that whole scene has been gobbling up my lures pretty heavy recently too. So I'm, but yeah, if you want a lure, you contact me on Instagram or Facebook, find Lusky Lures. I find Facebook. I don't know if you guys have a fat AZ page, but it's kind of, I, I find like, Maybe because I don't pay for all the ads, they kind of bury a lot of my posts. So it's been more successful recently on Instagram. But people just message me on there, and then I get back to them. And usually just ask for what they want, their address, get it shipped out, and send them a total, and that's that. They're fishing. Hopefully they're happy. What What do you find shipping baits to the U.S. as term in uh, shipping costs? Shipping costs? Shipping costs. And, I, you know, I'm going to... I kind of have a side story with this, but go ahead. Yeah, no, the shipping cost isn't that bad. It's uh, I generally usually like 20 bucks Canadian, ready, like in, in and around there. And I'm still, even though a lot of my components I'm buying are from the U.S. and a lot of my clients now are from the U.S., I still try and sell in Canadian dollars. So when you guys buy my lures, you guys get a good deal anyway. I might have to do something <laughs> with that in the future, but... I still always, you know, it's important to me. I got to get paid, obviously, get what I'm worth. But it's important to me to try and keep lures affordable. If that plate makes any sense or has any bearing on you guys. like Absolutely. You know, I just, I just, that's the way I like, I, you know, I don't think everybody wants to go musky fish. You should have to dump a ton of money on a lure. Like, you can get a vigilante for $25 Canadian. To me, that's peanuts for a lure. And I see guys out there taking them on flying pike trips and stuff, catching like 48-inch pike or taking it. Like I've seen some guys not – I didn't see any 50s on it yet, but I've seen big fish 
and again, it's not all about the big fish too. I just twenty five bucks they take this lure out and they're having they're catching fish. Their weekends made, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I can basically give them a simple breakdown on how to do it. You don't need the uh, you don't need the Bible on how to figure out how to run the bait, and that's pretty much about it. So yeah, the shipping hasn't been bad though, not yet. Anyways, from what I've been doing, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. But it is annoying. That's why I'd like to get in some bigger stores like rolling Helens and stuff like that. Cause I can do one shipment or if I come over for a show and maybe I can send my shipment back with somebody from that area or send it from there and not have to deal with it because you guys obviously running your lure business and stuff too. It's exhausting after you do all the lures and then just boxing, 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 address, stamp, tape down to the store, like down to the post office. People like, I don't think maybe sometimes lure builders get enough respect on how much, work actually goes into running one of these companies you know what i mean like i always just some of my successful buddies who you know they always i see them post stuff and they're so successful and i just admire them how they followed their dreams and got what they want and they always just say you know like it's just it we know it's work but like you don't know what kind of work it takes until you actually try and become successful and become your own boss and then you see what real work is like real work and the time and the hours you got to put in it's like holy cow but you know what man it's all so far working out and i just i don't see the hype dying because it's real so hopefully the work's all it's all worth it but i don't know what happened with your shipping anyways what's the deal there oh i just you know there's a couple things that i've been debate like okay so i'll get the first it's a two header so the first thing is is just shipping into canada is just at least with rod holders it is it is super expensive and I just, you know, when I'm discussing setup on boats and stuff like that, I'm like, guys, I feel bad. But for me, you're going to be like 50 bucks to get this rod holder in. If you have any friends, I can put six in this box. Just getting two is just still going to cost 50. Getting six is still going to cost 50. And I just was curious to see like what it would be to get, you know, baits into the States because getting them out, holy smokes, do they, they charge a lot. And that's 50 U.S. Yeah, it- dollars. And that's changed yeah. recently, though. You know, it wasn't that long ago, Andy, that, man, I, I can remember shipping stuff into Canada that was costing the same amount for me to ship something to Pittsburgh, which is an, an hour from my place. But something definitely happened for us, at least on our end and uh, on the American side, as yeah. far as the shipping, because it just it just skyrocketed. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, and I, I feel bad for, you know, trying to... And I, I kind of was working on what would, it doesn't seem to have panned out, but like a retailer of the rod holders in Canada that could then ship the rod holders to Canadians. So like what you were saying, one big shipment in, and then it can just spread out the cost of shipping over, you know, a couple dozen rod holders versus just two making it, you know, but I yeah. it didn't pan out. Are you guys... Are you guys connected to the Brotherhood Bates guys recently at all or anything? I've just been talking to them a little bit on social media like recently. Tony's ordered some baits or whatever, but I wanted to pick up some of his leashes. I don't know. You guys know those guys? or He was oh, on the show yeah. about you know 15 months ago we had him on. Okay, well, what I'm getting at, uh, he probably ran into the same problem. So I noticed down here there's a gentleman. He's a nice – I've met him a few times. He's purchased some of my lures. He's really – he's a good musky stick. He's actually on Musky Hunter Team, I think, for this most recent one coming up here in Canada. His names they call him Fisher Pete Hoffman. He runs like a musky trader page or something, and I've seen he's distributing 
brotherhood leashes and stuff here. So obviously they got a bulk leashes and he works something out. And I know he's a really reasonable guy. Like he's probably not trying to do anything, make crazy money or anything. So I don't know if you guys like, if you guys fish Lake St. Clair, I'm just saying, I know Pete does or meet up in the spring. Like, I don't know, maybe reach out to him. I know that seems to be working because that would make the most sense trying to get a bunch of them here and then mm-hmm. just work them from there that one shot you know what i mean and like i know this guy's reputation in the musky scene because he's this musky commuter thing or whatever he's always selling all these lures and whatnot and uh i haven't heard anything bad about him and my experiences have always been great so that is just one spot maybe you could look into helping you out with that because i yeah. do hear you there sometimes like someone order a hat and when i say shipping's 20 bucks but it's still a hat like 20 bucks i'm like uh, any of your friends want anything? Because I know you're a musky fisherman. You got buddies. That way. <laughs> That's why you split that into yeah. freaking 10 bucks each. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. yeah. It just makes more sense. But in closing, what I find, most musky guys, if they really want it, they're not going to moan and groan over 50 bucks. Because I know when I want something, I'm going to find a way to get it. And because I would do that too. I was like, oh, I don't like, I feel bad. I don't want to charge people this and that. But it's like, it's the reality of doing business. And it's not even you. They probably realize that you're not the one cutting anybody for a 50 bucks shipping charge, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that goes, that doesn't get that are gonna be on. They're going to get rod holders that are going to be on their boat to the end of time. Like, dude, 50 extra bucks. I don't know for me. And someone else said, I don't know which, which one of you guys said it, but you know what? Just shoot for the stars, get the best stuff, the stuff you think is the best. And, not gonna have a problem anyways you know what i mean so i don't know it sucks but at the end of the day any savage musky guy is gonna bite the bullet and probably just get them anyways i know they have them there because my buddies had them all over their freaking boat so <laughs> i fished them and they're amazing man thank so, you but they're okay. buying them anyways they got them down here yeah well i'm gonna wrap this up what might be a complete epic failure on a thing that i'm trying to remember so this whole time we're talking sure. i'm like man did was it a couple years ago you bought some baits off of me and i had them shipped up and i messed up the shipping into canada i shipped your baits to a guy that bought rod holders and the guy and i'm like how am i gonna fix this this is gonna be a hundred dollars to switch this around but you met the it worked out to where you guys met up at the odyssey and you you guys switched the orders am i remembering correctly yeah, no, 110%. I'm like the rain man when it comes to anything muskies. I remember everything. Yeah, that guy's <laughs> name was Justin. <laughs> he was like, his, his name was Justin. He looked out the counter, drank a beer, and he came down and met me, and we made the swap. I remember that. Yeah, we absolutely, we made the swap, and he got his rod holders, and he was all happy. I do, I, I'll, I'll help anybody out like that or try and figure out how that works. You know what I mean? Like, if I know people that someone ordered lures out, like an hour away out towards Toronto or something, I'll like, message some of my buddies hey you work in Toronto can you take this to Toronto for me and then I'll arrange it to like get somebody to like hook it up anyways it's cut a couple bucks anyways but I do remember that I do remember that yeah, that's hilarious <laughs> I mean because I, I'm like man because like shortly thereafter or at that time I think we started following you on Instagram and every time I saw it I'm like man I don't make a lot of mistakes on shipping but I'm going to tell you this Murphy's Law will kick in when it's really expensive and it matters and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> holy crap. And I remember, I was going to bring it up to Todd, but I'm like, I'm not sure you'll remember this one because that one stressed me out for a while. No, you did. You, 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 I remember you telling me, and I was like, hey, Andy, shit happens. Go. There's nothing you can do. You got to bite yeah, it. Yeah, I know, because, you know, I was trying to be really chill. Like, I was like, 
because I know obviously who I am, right? I'm like, ah, don't worry, like I'm gonna work it out. Don't worry. And I can tell you're getting like anxious on your end, but I mean, I was like, no, I'm gonna take care of these guys. Like, there's no problem. <laughs> and it did work out, and I could imagine why because it was an expensive order. But if that ever happens again, heaven forbid, it won't happen. But if I'm helping out. It's not going to be a problem. Everything's going to get to where it needs to go. I know how much work it takes to put into building all these things and crafting them. And never take that for granted. That'll get where it goes. And the glide baits are very nice, by the way. I got me and my buddy got a nice little river he invites me on. Little tiny river with some nice skis in it, and there's a nice, nice, good glide bait bite in there, and uh, they work out very nicely, by the way. Oh. Good. We awesome. got some feedback after I had to tell a long, embarrassing story of messing up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first, like, don't get me wrong. I build my lures, and, like, honestly, I probably catch, like, probably, realistically, at the end of the day, probably, like, 85 to 90% of the muskies I catch are probably on my lures. But I don't know. Maybe you guys are like that. Please don't take offense if you are. But I'm a musky fisherman, first and foremost, and I know... I still want the best tools in certain situations. And I know other tools that are really crafty and good. And I hear of some guys sometimes there's a lure or whatever and a guide or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I was on the boat, man. I had to cast this one lure all day. Like we couldn't do anything else. That skunk couldn't cast anything. And I'm like, that's crazy, man. And there's nothing wrong with supporting other people either. I don't know if you guys are into that or not, but like you got to support other people too. Like this is what it's all about. Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. I love getting a nice sweet new lure off a custom builder or like, I got because I yeah I started following you on Instagram after that. I was looking at your lures like holy crap. Speaking of that too, I go I come down on a show. I got it. You guys better bring some of those Raptor jerk baits. Hopefully we got them. one of those. <laughs> Hopefully we yeah, got them. Yeah, we will have. You you you've uh, you sparked a spark under us. We need to pick it up, guys. I got to shoot a buck. Yeah, like do. in a week. <laughs> we need to pick up production. We need to pick up painting. We need to go. Whoa. You guys are guiding, though, man. You guys are guiding. Like, I could only imagine that would be a blast. Like, I'm sure it's hard work, too, but you guys are working. You're guiding, you know. You guys will, do, I'm sure when you slow down, you guys will start pounding out the lures. Yeah. Hopefully. Hey, I poured, like, 300 years this guide season. And he's just. Now I have to paint him. That's right. Now you have to, now I have to paint him. <laughs> now, now your fingers are going to hurt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Nice. In the reality, I know. See how much hard work it is. People are like, oh, yeah, whatever. These guys calling you up. Where's my damn lures? It's like, but you have no idea, man. I'm surrounded by lures. <laughs> I'm like working, man. I'm trying to get your lure. Trust me. Yeah, I'm, there, there. People are messaging me that are just getting into this game, uh, and the guys like, I, I have all this money to spend. I want to buy the right stuff, but I can't get the lures that I want. And I'm like, it's a niche, and it's. These are coming out of people's garages. It takes time for these people to make the bait, and you're not the only one that wants them. You know, we're not dick sporting goods. You know, you can't go into there. We're not Field and Stream, Cabela's, Bass Pro. You can't just go in and I'm going to buy a Raptor in here. I'm going to buy a uh, a hog tie a, and a or, Yeti or cooler. A, a, you know, that's just not how how it works. This is the Unique, unique fish uh, that we all target, and it's all handcrafted stuff. It takes a while, so that's a it's such a beautiful part of the game, though. I eh? I love that part. Like, oh yeah, the story behind it, or the guy who does the bait or whatever. Like, I just remember getting the wileys, and I always thought back, like I got them years after, but my brother telling me, the wiley guys dumb balling. 
I think they're trying to tell me like that's what you guys. <laughs> the oddball, and that was the color. That's a, that, that's that's a was color. a color. It was a color. It was a color. They thought it meant when you put the lure in the prop wash against the the prop was bubbling up like who knows you're probably <laughs> holding oh the hot color and that's hilarious. <laughs> they're like oh we did dog balling so that's why all, all this time we chose them to do prop wash and we're like oh dog balling. That was the water bubbles back there like oh yeah. There was a Canadian I, one of our Canadian friends named the one bait the dogs balls. And uh, why I had, I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's that's what we call it, the dogs balls. Um, yeah. Well, Do you guys still good with Dale? Are you guys still fish his lures? Oh yeah, I am. Got one Here they are. Right here. <laughs> that's a little yeah, wild man, jingle freaking, right there. The first Kowalski I ever got, I got a 55 on a Kowalski actually. Oh. Never put a mark nice. on the lure. It hit. It, I got it just on the back hook. Nice. Came out the water. Back then, to me, that was a long time ago. That was like a gigantic lure. And, I was like, and the only reason I actually gave it runtime is because, and I know some people freak out about this, but I don't because I'm not that type of guy. I had a 53 and a 50 in one day, and I had it on like a standard 10-inch Wiley. And when it went in the net, it, 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 did, it crushed the Wiley. Like it exploded it in two pieces. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm down to my last Wiley. And it was that huge one. So that's all I had. And I ran it only like 30 feet behind the boat. And I got clobbered by a whale. So <laughs> I got two I got two fresh Kowalskis two weeks ago. And they're in my basement. I got strawberry, metal lip, and Rapala gold metal lip. So oh, I think I'm feeling Rapala. pretty lucky to get those. So I can't wait to, yeah. to run those. <laughs> gold Rapala. Gold Rapala. Sweet yeah, color. Okay, good. I'm getting a tip here. I like that. Especially in Canada. Oh, yeah. We have nice. glaucoma, we have glaucoma goldies, <laughs> cataract awesome. goldies. They're all beat up. Oh, oh, I love it. I love when lures just get pounded like that. People are like, "Oh, my lure, it's all beat up." It's like, dude, if your lures are smashed, that means they work. Go buy another one. Like, yeah. <laughs> people get all like, "Oh, like, dude, you want to buy that lure?" Not all of them, but you guys know this. Some of those lures, they're amazing. They look great, but you know, it's always going to look amazing and great because it's never going to catch fish. It's going to be. Yeah. Sitting in your box, yeah. got three thousand coats of epoxy, or like two <laughs> coats of baked powder paint, and the, the thing just has no—it's like dead. There's no vibration. There's no sonic sound to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's <laughs> yeah. there's there's a reason why Daily Dale Dale doesn't like coated lures. I'm sure of it. The whole pile of epoxy and stuff because it affects the way they pound. You know? Definitely a 100% guaranteed. That's the reason we've tried it. Yeah. No, not a lot of guys realize that, though, right? Yep. That's something yep. I picked up on right away. Yep. So I, to all those lure guys out there, when you're uh, trying to triple coat your lures, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I mean, we're like an hour and 23 minutes into this. Is there anything you want to end on? Except for I told you to tell me to shut up, remember? Before we started this whole thing, I said, <laughs> you did like, great. oh, yeah, you talk. No dead air is great. Keep talking. I'm like, oh, you're going to be telling me to stop, man. <laughs> so, uh, really, other than like, you know what, I man, I'm just really grateful for you guys reaching out to me. I don't know where it came from, but I'm really happy. And if anyone recommended you, if it was you guys, like, I'm just really appreciative of the whole thing. Like, you guys have me on, just all the people that purchased the lures. I don't take one ounce of it for granted. I just feel blessed every day. 
to hear all the stories and, you know, get out and fish and chase muskies, just, just doing what I love to do. And hopefully, you know, we'll meet in the future. Yes. Together and stuff like, that. like you guys are awesome guys. Obviously you guys know I've supported the company. I've bought your lures. I'm always checking out everybody's stuff. And I think a lot of people get really competitive and they don't do that. And it's like, I don't know anyone, like you got to get out there, try other people's lures. You never know. Like, like I said, I love my lures. I know what they do. They catch the majority of my fish, but do I love running Wileys beside them? Or do I go to a little creek and love a glide bait uh, here and there? Yes, I love me some glide bait. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, certain lures take in certain areas, you know what I mean? And it's like, just more people, I think, gotta show a little love that way. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just just love the whole makeup of it. Just Thanks for having me on, boys. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. All right. And with that, big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Baker's Baits, Vicks Marine, Ranger Boats, the Musky Max Plus, and Muskies Inc. Did I miss any? Mm-mm. Okay. We hit them all. Guys, this was, uh, this was a great show. It's fall fatty time. Good luck fishing. Thanks for listening.